What's up there, Bears fans? Welcome back for another episode of the Tailgate Show. This is Double A A A R O N T O R on Twitter. We are joined by Brian Quinn, aka B Diddy B Quinn34 on Twitter. And joining us, lit only by a fire like Castaway, clutching a volleyball tightly it is airjer 54 on twitter airjer jeremy craver the golden unicorn what's going on there fella it's morning nada what's happening welcome to the party he's golden now huh no more rainbow i don't even know i just i was flowing and golden came out (laughs) so what can you do i say i say i say all right, uh, let's add in. We are going to start things off with a guest, oh. Cole Van Way. He is a writer. He has a uh, website of his own called Son of a Ditka, and he's also been publishing his articles through the Brawl Network uh, page. Um, so we are going to talk to him. He wrote an article about Allen Robinson and their wide receiver core. So we're going to bring him in and talk a little bit about first his Bears fan story, because we always do that when we have a guest. And we're going to talk about our lovely wide receiver death chart. Let's see if old Coley Van Winkle is up. By the way, evidently you're Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Only in Indiana. That's a big ugly down low. <laughs> Pause. So, <laughs> so what's the word, my man? How you feeling tonight? Feeling good. Feeling good. A little tired. Been a busy day, but it's fun. Been looking forward to doing this with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, first of all, welcome to the Brawl Network. I know uh, you just started putting your uh, articles up on the site. Welcome to the uh, Brawl family. We appreciate you. Um, that's the reason we uh, got found out about you at all was because of the article that you put on there. Um, you do have your own uh, blog, sonofitka.com, and uh, but you've been putting the articles up on the brawl for, for what a couple weeks now, or is this your first one, or what was the? It's actually, the first first week, first full week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> first of all, uh, welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we always ask all guests that come on the show to kind of just tell their bear fan story. Why are you a Bears fan? Yeah. You know, when did that start, etc. Yeah, for sure. So, um, a little bit about me. Um, I graduated uh, high school in 2016, went to Iowa Central Community College to play baseball originally. Um, was a big kid and decided I missed football a little too much, so I walked onto the team there. Um, played, played a year there at Iowa Central um, and uh, got a scholarship to Kansas Wesleyan in Salina, Kansas. And so played uh, my past two and a half years there and um, won two conference championships and a couple deep playoff runs. And so it was fun, fun being able to play ball and win some games there. And um, now I just accepted a, uh, a graduate assistant position at Midland University in uh, Fremont, Nebraska. So I'll be able to go there as soon as all this virus stuff clears up and move down there. Kind of start a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. be fun. 
So how what you... divisions Kansas Wesleyan? I gotta ask you. What, oh yeah. What D D three D two? NAI 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 right on. Yeah. So depending on um, some of the D threes, it's I would definitely put it in between that uh, D two D three category, and we were up in the top five the past two years. So I I definitely put it up with uh, some D two competition, some of the some of the smaller D one schools for sure. I'm sorry. What position did you say that you played? Yeah, so when I transferred there, I originally was a middle linebacker. Um, then they moved me down to defensive end just because I was too big and too big and too slow to be a linebacker. And then uh, my senior year, because of depth, they moved me into D tackle just because they needed some guys and they knew I could plug a hole. So, um, so yep, so it was kind of played all over the place in the defense and D line, but it was fun, man. Just to be able to not think too much and just hit people. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to get to it, but we always ask everybody that comes on to kind of give us their Bear fan story. Just tell us, um, you know, how you became a Bear fan, what your favorite, you know, year of team was, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I was, I've definitely been born into the Bears fandom. My dad is a Bears fan. Um, so just kind of growing up watching the Bears every Sunday and um, 100% the, the, the prime Bears days for me is the, the Peanut Tillman, Erlacher, Lovey Smith. Lance Briggs, like, I mean, I grew up a big defensive guy, so those, just, just that era of, of Bears is kind of the, the picture I always had in my mind when it comes to, I guess, staple Bears defenses, for sure. Nice. So I guess we can jump right into it. Um, basically, the premise of your article was, you know, is Allen Robinson a number one receiver? Um, you know, and this sort of spun off of, um, you know, some people on Twitter kind of popping off about that he wasn't. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? The the, the ex safety from the Steelers. His name's uh, uh, oh. he's, a, he's a commentator now, but he he kind of set off a little Ryan Clark. Yeah, Ryan. there you go, Ryan Clark. Thanks, Brian. And he set off the first sort of little firestorm about this question. Is you know, of course, Allen Robinson is. It's like, but. People, for whatever reason, are, have it in their head, and, and just like with anything with Bears Twitter, and, and I'm sure you've noticed this, is that um, people will often just start little fires to see the reaction of Bears fans because we're such a you know uh, strong presence and social media and everywhere that any reaction gets them attention. So Ryan Clark said this. And so the debate starts raging. And I think Alan even responded, like, come on, man, you know, uh, <laughs> give me a break, because Alan's definitely want to respond. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you the question straight up. Is Alan Robinson a number one wide receiver? Yeah, so before I wrote that article, I was very curious for myself. You know, watching Bears games on a week-to-week basis, I mean, he's clearly the Bears' number one receiver, but is he a number one receiver, you know, overall in the league if he goes to another team? and? I think that's one thing I was very curious to find out. So, you know, I popped on that free NFL game pass and I uh, uh, tried to watch some film and I think it's clear. I mean, it's, he's not a guy that's going to, a Tyree kill that's going to flash you with speed or he's not going to, you know, make Odell type catches, but he's a guy that he makes dudes look silly sometimes, just his footwork off the line and he'll have you go one way and, and go back the other. And it's, it's ridiculous. And I think if you go back and watch some film and just, just clearly watch how his routes are ran, it's, it's clear he's a number one receiver. I mean, he's not going to put up these huge numbers and he might this year with Nick Foles here, with finally getting a good quarterback. But I mean, geez, he's had Chad Henney, uh, Blake Bortles, and now a couple of rough seasons with uh, Trubisky here and there. And I think if he gets some 
even consistent quarterback play, I think his numbers are going to skyrocket. So I'll be looking forward to see what he does this year. But, yeah, he's 100% a number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah, it's kind of funny that anyone even would kind of put that out there. I mean, I know that, I mean, Bears fans are kind of notoriously um, cheap dates when it comes to getting excited about wide receivers and any kind of offensive player. I mean, in general, we're just not used to seeing it. So you see somebody who's got, oh, my God, like, look at this guy. He's a real deal offensive player. We get all sprung and go buy 10 of their jerseys and, you know, um, like, clamor for his contract extension all day every day on Twitter and you know all that kind of stuff so but you just look at I mean the guy was injured obviously but you just look at you know his big season in Jacksonville where he had like 1500 yards receiving with Blake freaking Bortles as his quarterback I mean that guy's completion percentage is not even 60 percent like you know so Allen Robinson has been working for his money ever since he came in the league. Um, Brian, Brian, what do you think? Why do people, why would anybody say this about Allen Robinson? I mean, I think as a whole, it's, it's really hard to evaluate our receiving core with the inconsistent quarterback play. But Allen, I mean, he, there's no question he's the number one. If this guy had a top 10 quarterback, it, it wouldn't even be an argument. It's just the he's just had that bad luck where he's just always played with a guy that's underperforming at quarterback right. and still putting up stats. That's what you really have to factor in. Like this guy's still putting up big numbers. He's still, he's still been dominant with less than average quarterbacks. So. Well, and and even when everybody in the damn building knows the ball's going to him, he still gets the ball. You know, with the un, underwhelming quarterback play. I mean, yeah. Mr. Trubisky, Mr. Bisky stares him down every single time. You know, everybody on the opposing defense knows it's going to 12, and somehow the dude still makes catches with the ball behind him. I mean, like well, people you know, just love to hate us, so I mean that that yeah, that, that, that plays into it too. That is true. Hey Cole, are you on mute? Check your check your mute button. Oh no, you're good. Okay, you you, you kind of cut out a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so that leads us to, I think you know the bigger question, and this is something that I have been kicking around and we've been kicking around is how deep is this wide receiver core? There's a lot of guys. I mean, Anthony Miller, very promising, uh, obviously has had his injury problems, but when he's on the field can look amazing in flashes can also look completely lost, can also be completely frustrating. Um, you know, gets thrown under the bus by the coaching staff left and right, gets mysteriously pseudo benched, and nobody knows why, and nobody wants to say anything. I mean, Anthony Miller is <clears throat> could be amazing, but is this net net right now is a big question mark in my opinion. Like arrows pointing up as long as the shoulder is good, but I mean, it's not a given. Like, you can't just write down 800 yards, seven touchdowns for Anthony Miller. Like, you can't just do that without thinking, is this really going to happen? I think the question is, will there be any any of the younger guys show up? You know what I mean? Right. But big question is. That's always been the question, right? I mean, have we ever developed a receiver? Mm Yeah. No. I could develop a receiver. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I mean maybe maybe Johnny Knox. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey had. That's where he got some yeah. half. Right. Alshon, that's a good point. 
But the question is, is not not can these young bottom of the roster guys, can even our number two be a guy that we can count on? I think what do you think, Cole? Yeah, I still think it's out for, um, up for debate here coming into 2020 because with Taylor Gabriel gone, I think that gives Anthony Miller a huge opportunity to hopefully stay healthy. And, I mean, I would like to think Ted Ginn will come in and kind of be that deep threat for us. But, I mean, he's getting up there, and you can't, you can't expect young Ted Ginn to come in and just – be anything more than a death guy on special teams to give you mostly production. I think if originally that article was going to be just strictly about Allen Robinson. And then I was like, you know, I kind of want to pop some Anthony Miller film on just to kind of see exactly why he maybe got, he he got some rough, rough words from coaching staff and players and some other fans. And I just kind of want to see why the dude is fast. I mean, you, you don't think, I think he's, I feel like he's kind of looked at as just a, a guy that, is solid, you know. He he doesn't isn't good at one thing, but he just does a lot of things decent. And his speed shows up. I mean, he's he was consistently getting behind man defenders and and some don't zone defense on some deep middle linebackers and even some shallow corners. I mean, it's the talent is there, and he's just he's got to get rid of the when he floats on some of his corner routes, his out routes, and he'll make Trubisky look even worse than he already does by kind of floating a yard or two deeper, making a throw even harder than it is, and he's stop some of those inconsistencies because. The talent is there, and that's that's one of the things, you know, with some of the other guys, you know, with Wims and Ridley, is you don't necessarily know if the talent is there consistently. With with Miller, it's there. He just has to stay healthy. If he can be on the field all 16 games, he's going to put up numbers, and he has a chance to be a, a, a heavy number two behind Robinson. Now, yeah, do, you think that, do you think that there's a it, – it's hard it, – like, for me, it's hard to judge these guys because of Mitch, especially when, like it, – it, it, uh, Coverage also dictates a lot of things. So if a receiver is planning on running a certain route when the play starts, there's always a secondary route to go to. So we really don't know, like, the, where the communication breaks breakdown is. With like a guy like Foles, I think will really, if if he ends up winning this, which he there's no excuse why he wouldn't, I think we'll be able to really evaluate what we have. Especially, I think Miller. I mean, the guy. Sometimes even if the route isn't perfect, you have to be able to hit a guy that's open. And he, he gets open. His footwork is good. He's got he's got he gets separation. Like he may not have the greatest forty time, you know, but he has high play speed. You know what I mean? Like he and not that he had like a crappy forty time, but at the same time, like he just plays fast. I he's think quick. that's a little he's, bit of his problem. Yeah. yeah, is that he he plays so fast that he kind of overruns things sometimes. Um, and I also think he gets too hyped up, and that's why he doesn't line himself up sometimes. And the other thing that I think is un, under-talked about is that dude is frustrated as hell because he's literally open for a touchdown every single game at least once, and Mitch misses him. See, and I think every single game he's open for a touchdown. Yeah, I think that's one of the that, that Bears fans and, and even national media is, is out to see is because once there's just, I mean, people are you're acting like, you know, we're going to get the full Super Bowl fulls, and I don't think that at all. If we just get a competent dude that will hit open receivers, I think right. this receiving core is going to explode, and I think people, I, I get it. I mean, the Bears receiving core isn't, you know, up there with the best in the league right now. But, I mean, if you get a competent dude that can hit routes on time and make accurate reads, and Nagy runs RPOs out the ass. Like, if you get a guy that can read his guys, it's going to be incredible to see. Even even you get a whims, get whims in there, you know, and a wide receiver is going to put up, you know, 2019, 2018 Miller numbers just by being there with a competent quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
you know, and not that Foles is Brady, but how many receivers has Tom Brady made just by his accuracy? God, you know, get him the and ball. yeah, it's just like get the ball out quickly Two guys do what the damn offense is supposed to do, which is supposed to be get the ball to your playmakers in space and let them do what they're supposed to do. Don't bail out. Throw the ball to Portree Cohen at the line of scrimmage and watch him get murdered for negative one yard. You know, how about, <laughs> ste- how about step up in a pocket and throw like Nick Foles will? Wait, wait, Jared, can you There's step up? Can you can step up into the pocket? No, that's a crazy you know, thought, right? I didn't think that was even allowed. <laughs> The well, only time well, he did it with any kind of accuracy was the Allen Robson throw against Denver. Yeah, right. And even and that, was, that was low and to the left, and you had to make a – Yeah, pure yeah. strength drill, like whatever. But, the, but the even have, just having a quarterback that doesn't get thrown off by, by like, post-snap adjustments by the defense, like, that, that's right. going to be huge. Right, and that's the thing is that Foles has seen it. So, yeah, we're hoping. But the question is I think we know who Miller can be. And, um, but what concerns me about this coaching staff is that we don't see anybody else come onto the field. So Gabriel was hurt most of the year and Javon Williams is actually on the field pretty frequently. I think he was on the field for like 40% of the offensive snaps or something like that. He got no production. Now, is that completely Trubisky's fault? Yeah, probably. But at the same time, like, that's kind of concerning. Like, you know, you could, I mean, throwing the ball as much as they did, you would think that Wims would like accidentally catch 25 balls and he didn't even do that. You know, like, I mean, Tariq Cohen had 74 damn catches. Like, we can't get Wims up to 30. Like, that's ridiculous. So I just don't know. Who like 200 yards. Huh? For like 200 yards. Yeah, it's like yeah, impossible like how low its yards per catch was. It's like it's like you couldn't even you couldn't replicate it on Madden if you tried. Even if well, even like, I thought we'd see more out of Riley Ridley last year too, and they didn't. They, another one. Nagy seems a little stubborn with rookies sometimes. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not sold on this Mark Mike Furry guy either. Like I liked him because. You know, he seems all fiery and he's always yelling at people and whatnot. I went to, you know, and even at training camp, he was like the, one of the most animated coaches. But I'm not sold on dude. I mean, he's just Nagy's friend at this point. What has he done? I mean, if you he's look got back, a lot of Detroit Lion in him. Yeah, I mean that's not a good thing. <laughs> I mean, if you look back at the draft that Anthony Miller came out of, where we traded up to get. And you look at the other receivers that were taken around him, he's not the best one. Like, there's other guys, you know. I mean, even the uh, the guy down in Jacksonville, um, what is his name? I can't remember his name. Chark, DJ Chark, is is a solid receiver. Um, kid in Pittsburgh. You know, there, there was talent right around him. I mean, that receiver draft is actually loaded when you look back on it. But it's like, once again, Pace got his tunnel vision and – Went for Miller. Nobody was mad about him. And when that, when Miller was picked, I was like, oh, that's insane. Like, this guy's so fast. Like, you know, he's like Steve Smith Jr. Like, everybody was freaking out. Um, or Junior Jr., I guess. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who else do we have? I mean, how do you see Cole? How do you see this wide receiver death chart shaking out? Yeah, I mean, I think I think heading into any 
camp, you know, whatever happens with all this stuff going on. I think you definitely have Robinson number one, and then I think um, Gann will be slotted in as two, and Miller, Miller and him fighting for that two, but Miller will be slotted in at three. And I, I mean, it's rough with uh, Wims and Ridley right there. I mean, it's it'll be between those guys, and one of those guys is probably going to get cut just because of production. I mean, there hasn't been much production out of him, and I think Wims has an incredibly high ceiling for what he's produced so far. And I think he's a big go up and get a guy, but he just hasn't. He's had issues with drops. And when when you're a 50-50 ball guy, that's your if that's your number one trait, you can't have issues catching the ball. And I think right. I think camp would would be huge for this receiving core. And now with this shortened offseason, I think it's going to kind of hurt um, hurt those guys more than anything. I think quarterbacks will be fine. Just that receiving core getting getting the young guys and even again kind of on the field to get used to um, fighting for a spot there a little bit. I think it'll be. It'll be interesting because I mean you you can't you can't really plan how it's gonna or know how it's gonna plan out because I think nobody really knows. How do you feel about Mooney? I, I don't know. I don't. I think it could be a guy that could kind of flash the scene, kind of like Cohen did, but he also could be a guy that is just speedy and could never um, could never catch up to an NFL defense. I mean it. Durability. He's a small guy. I don't know how his durability will hold up. I mean, there's so many questions. That, I don't know. I, I would expect absolutely nothing from him in 2020, and I hope he pops off for some reason and, and is is a big speedy guy for us. But but yeah, I wouldn't. I hope maybe he gets a little bit of reps in 2021 after you know Ginn's gone. I, it's one year deal, I assume for Ginn, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe he'll get a couple more reps here and there in training camp. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, those late round guys are. The ceiling in the mer- is the ceiling is so low that you you never really know. You hope they can maybe contribute on special teams a little bit. I yeah, think we're I, in trouble. I, we're in trouble with Ginzar too. Gin, Gin has some some yeah. dropping issues too. I mean that 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 would really be. You really hope Anthony Miller's it's able so to step crazy. up and it's win so that. It's crazy because last year we were at least I don't know about you Cole, but we were like so high on this receiving core, like we thought, you know wow, this is like a real deal receiving core. And now it's like we got A-Rob and we're scratching our head for the rest of the depth chart. And it's like, gosh, how did we get there? But I agree with you that I don't think Mooney's going to get a lot of reps. I just don't see it. The coaching staff has not shown that, you know, you just get on the field because you're fast. Like you got to prove it in practice and not make mistakes and how the hell are they going to get any damn reps? I mean, the practice reps are going to be so short as it is, um, especially with two quarterbacks. I, I think the second team's going to suffer because basically they're going to be rotating the quarterbacks in and out with the first team. And I think the second team's going to suffer. And the other thing I was thinking about as far as personnel is. And what I think, think Gabriel Go was bigger than I think people think. I agree. I agree. But I, I think he. And I don't know if he was realistically going to work, you know, come back from those injuries. Um, Dude, he's Batman right now. His brain's scrambled. I, mean, I agree, and I don't know if he's going to get signed. I mean, he's not signed yet. Nobody's even. I mean, nobody's even really kicking the tires on him. He might. There's a lot of big names that haven't signed yet. Yeah, I just, I'm just wondering. I mean, you said you said it a long time ago that 49ers make a ton of sense, and I agree with you there. But they've made a lot of moves. I mean, their roster's kind of filling up. You know, um, I just feel like, like if Ted Ginn already signed, how how to view? And Taylor Gabriel hasn't. Like it's a concussion. Like send the CAT scan. It didn't. You know what I mean? Like it's the same machine. 
no matter who's the doctor. So it's not, you know, it's sometimes reading a, a, a knee injury that takes a, you know, they want their own guy looking at the MRI or whatever. But, uh, you know, CAT scan. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like that. So I don't know. I don't know what we have. I, I have a hard time seeing these guys get on the field. And yes, I agree that the quarterback's going to make things better. Hopefully if, if it's, if it's somehow miraculously Mitch and he improved or it's Foles being better than Mitch. I mean, you know, that should, that should help, but it's a, kind of weird feeling to feel like here we are with a wide receiver depth chart that's sort of eh, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's a hit or miss. I mean, this year is going to be extremely – I mean, I'm, I'm so mad that we're getting a shortened training camp in offseason because mm-hmm. I think that would be a huge battle of that in the offensive line just because you really have no idea, you know, what, okay. what it's going to look like. And uh, you'd like to think that um, A-Rob is going to be A-Rob and Miller is going to come back healthier than ever and solidify that number two spot, but you just don't know. Miller hasn't showed he can stay healthy, and if he if he goes down again, that we don't have it. You know, we have we have a lot of guys that could be something special, but, I mean, it's the NFL. Like, could-bes get cut. So mm-hmm. it's, it'll be exciting to watch, but not if it doesn't pan out well. It, will be, it could be a rough year for even Foles, a quarterback, who he has nobody to throw to. Do you think they're going to be in 12 personnel a lot more with two tight ends and one running back on the field? I mean, people seem to be saying that. Yeah, it sounds like Matt's picking up the picking up the playbook pretty quickly, according to Nagy, on some of his conferences. So I'm, he says he's been challenging them a lot, and, I mean, I'm excited. I hope Komet gets on the field a lot because, I mean, if you can have Graham and Komet on the field, it, that's that's two big receiving guys. that and Komet can block a little bit better than Graham, but, I mean, that's two guys that can go stretch the field vertically and, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more um, receiving from the tight end position this year because, I mean, we're one A-Rob injury down from having absolutely nothing, nothing there. It's right. I, I think they're going to be definitely pushing tight end court. you be a little bit more receiving threats this year. Well, and that's why I think that they're going to end up keeping more wide receivers and maybe one less tight end because I think they feel a little bit better about the tight end depth chart, whereas, you know, last couple of years they've been keeping six sometimes – yeah. Um, and having that. having that stupid Bradley soul in you know experiment and whatever like that was total garbage. So now I feel like it's going to be Graham and Komet and probably Holtz and Harris, and then maybe if Broniker you know special teams hangs shit that would be the only other one. But yeah, I like Komet um, too because of his, well I'm a Notre Dame fan too, but his versatility man. Like yeah, the things absolutely. that they want a soul to do, Kamek can do. Hold on, time out. It's it's time for our weekly sucking of the dick of Notre Dame. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> hey, don't sleep on Alex Bars either. Given given dome to the dome. So <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, so 12 personnel, uh, you know, that, that's easy. Hopefully they can run the ball out of that. The question I have would be, is, is that Montgomery most of the time? Is Cohen in the slot then? What, you know, how does that look? I, I mean. Look, oh, right now, I'm a huge Montgomery truther right here. I, I love okay. Dude runs incredibly hard. Like, there's there's some two-yard gains that if you, if you just look at a box score, look at a play-by-play and, if you're just going to watch big runs by him, I mean, there's a lot of runs that you're going to not watch that 
are incredible. I mean, just the, the heart that he shows of breaking out of tackles and spinning out of tackles and just even getting back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's incredible just to see just a young rookie. I mean, I think that's one of the huge traits I look for when like you're when I'm evaluating college running backs and going to the NFL is like if you're fast in college, like that's cool. But if you can break tackles and you can run through people's mouths in college, then I'm expecting you to do that in the NFL. And that's one thing. That's why Montgomery was my number one running back out of the draft a couple of years ago, just because his he could he was going to break tackles and breaking tackles that translates. If you do that consistently, it translates and it has for him. I mean, he he's a tough runner. I mean, you can you can give him the ball 30 times a game, and I guarantee you he's gonna he's gonna be healthy and he's gonna be good to go. And I think I think they need to just heavily rely on him because even if he finishes a game with 30 touches and fucking 50 yards. I mean, it's horrible, horrible stats there, but you're, you're running down the defense. If you're getting hit in the mouth by Montgomery on a play to play basis, I mean, you're going to get tired and you're going to kind of play off a little bit, set up play action, let Foles do what he does best and go from there. And I got to, I I completely agree with you. I think that's why they haven't added the depth that I thought they would at running back. I think that Montgomery is going to get a lot more touches this year. He, He does. He runs, the kid runs hard. Yeah. He runs hard, but I just, I question if he sees the hole. That's where I've always been. I don't think he sees it like Jordan Howard saw it. Cher, go back and watch the tape and let me know the hole you see. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but still, I mean, I think they need to bring. I think they 100% need to bring somebody else in. You can't have you can't have him and Cohen back there as low. Right. To bring someone in, but I mean Montgomery needs to be carrying at least 65, 70% of the load and carries all year. You have to do it. And fuck, you don't. You don't need to give Montgomery a hole. Just put him put him between the guards and just run up the ass every play. I and mean, You're going to pick up some uh, – the, the O-line yeah. fucking fired, you know? Well, when they when they started running more traditional running plays, you see what he can do. When they do more, you know, trap and more, you know, off-tackle running, I mean, even some of the toss-sweep stuff, I was like, thank God. Can we just get these offensive linemen moving in a direction and let their running backs – see the flow and pick a hole instead of this herky jerky RPO garbage where nobody has any forward momentum. They're all just like, Oh, we're so tricky. Here's the ball. And it's like, boom, it's over because you know, James Daniels is a turnstile, you know, it's like you, you can't, I mean, you can't get any momentum. I mean, you know, Jordan Howard used to fall forward for three at least, but I think that's one of the worst things you can do to a struggling O-line is to call zone running schemes and gap running schemes and just to almost make them move over a gap to block a guy. I mean, if your O-line is struggling, you got to understand, those dudes love to hit people in the mouth. They're not they're not sucking on purpose. Put them man to man and let them just go for it and hit the guy in front of them and, and get a couple yards. At least at least get the fire in them. You know? if, if it doesn't fucking work, then you do something else. But the worst thing you do with a struggling O-line is to let them, you know, get tricky on their blocks. Just let them go, let them go hit somebody and, and work from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's why he stand is gone. I mean, as much as everybody loves, loves him and, and respects him, but same time, it's like, that just didn't work. And he didn't get a lot of material to work with talent wise, but he also didn't, nobody made any progress. So we've I mean, talked we weren't about really playing a style that, I mean, Harry was, Harry, when he was here with Lovey, was just smash mouth, run it up the gut. And right, but was it, was not still zone, it was still zone blocking though, then wasn't it? I mean, that's just like hallmark, isn't it? It's like, uh, like like Harry he sends like the Tex Winter of, of zone blocking, you know, like that's like his thing. Am I wrong about that? 
No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, he wanted his own block, and I think Nagy didn't want to do that much his own blocking. I think that's kind of why he was the scapegoat and leaving. Was it all his fault? No, but no. At the, day, at the end of the season, you got to fire somebody, and somebody has to take the fall, and that's that's the issue with the league. And if if the head coach isn't gone, then the assistants are. So. Right, and we've said on the show that if Nagy was the OC, he would have been fired too. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. if he wasn't the head coach, I mean, I bet you those guys found out they were the run game coordinator about the same time that we did. Like, and I was like, oh, really? Someone was coordinating that, huh? Ooh, yes, this is why they got fired. But, like, I guarantee you that Helfrich was like, run game? <laughs> like, I was supposed to coordinate that? Well, damn, no wonder we suck, because I didn't know that was even my job. I didn't know like, that. I mean, I don't think Nagy doesn't. Nagy's coordinating a run game is short passes. Like he doesn't. He views that as running. So, you know, and you'll never know how many runs Mitch was supposed to have checked into, and he didn't. You know, and that's the other thing. And and you know, so God forbid he make the right call on a read option. Right, exactly. God forbid he actually do that correctly, and you know, or actually threaten the defense in any kind of way to make them play us straight up. So but that's another thing. I, I know these Trubisky truthers really have to uh, like understand like an RPO offense is pretty quarterback friendly. The fact that he hasn't picked it up yet, it's not a good sign. No. no. I mean, you're, you're literally, you have, you have the entire offense. You have, you have your, you have your stats. You have your stardom in your hands. Every play. If you're, you're, it, it's easy, you know, look, I'm not in the NFL for a reason, but but I mean, you're there, man. It's he showed promise. He showed things he could do in 2018. He just, it's 2018 wasn't a great year for him, but he showed the things we were hoping he'd capitalize on in 2019, and he just didn't improve on those things. And I think that's why he's in the situation he is. I mean, he has extre- an extreme amount of talent. He just can't seem to put it together consistently. He could do the things he could do the things that a, a Watson and Mahomes can do, but he just does them one time every three weeks, and you don't win games in the NFL that way. Well, and I think from what I've seen with the Nagy offense, I feel like everything is supposed to be kind of stackable plays. So one thing leads to another, leads to another. And I think that Nagy's shortcoming has been if he can't get them to stack right, he doesn't know what to do. And they still haven't found out what the hell their bread and butter is, you know, as far as, you know, their only bread and butter is, oh, shit, throw it to Allen Robinson. That's their, you know, that's the bread and butter is, oh, crap. I don't know what to do. And then basically ever since they had no tight end anymore, which which honestly started in the playoff game against the Eagles, they can't, you know, there's just not enough weaponry to for the for everything to scheme open the way that it's supposed to. And then also for, you know, when you don't have any tight end, the linebacker that would be concerned with the tight end is now not concerned he's just going to sit there and either spy mitch or stop the run <laughs> well it's also andy reed i mean i'm sure a lot of nfl coaches do this but what he'll do is the first couple plays he runs in a game they start charting them and whatever you know whatever works and and trying to expose the weakness of the defense everybody got on nag you forget like getting away from the run game but it just wasn't working and this is who he learned from so right. it's like he's trying to pass pass to get the run game going Right. Trying to do something to get the run game going, but you can't. You can't with Mitch. Everybody could just sit up and make like they 
Green Bay said week one, we made him play quarterback. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Cole. Yeah, I'm reading a, a, a book by Vince Lombardi, and one of the huge things he talks about in that book is is how um, he has to have at least one play that the offense, that everyone knows they can run in their sleep. And I forgot the name of the play, but they said that they teams would almost call him predictable because they would understand they would come out first play of the game and do it because he said the worst thing you know I can do as a coach is to fire my old lineup and then run a, a like I was saying earlier, run a zone scheme or a, a gap play, and I just want those guys to hit somebody. And he said whenever I had a young quarterback in there or sometimes a quarterback gets the bell rung or something like that, every time you go to the huddle and you don't know what a play to call, you're kind of – you got your, got hurt a little bit, they always call this one run play because they knew it would work and it's just bread and butter for everyone. And I think that's what the Bears have been missing is just a little bit of identity like Maggie talks about. I mean you have to have a couple plays that you can go to and you know you're going to pick up a few yards. If it's third and 13, yeah, fuck it. Run a run play. Like I don't care. Like you need to. You need to have an identity that yep. teams know. Like if you're if you're gonna beat the Chicago Bears, at least you're gonna leave there by getting your ass kicked in some way or another. And I don't think that's happening. I mean, I, the offense is struggling, but I still think you can put a whooping on somebody and still lose. You just gotta find an identity somewhere and kick some ass. So let's go to your side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk about setting edges, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Robert Quinn versus Leonard Floyd. They were in the books. Define for the lay fan what setting the edge really means. Setting the edge does not – I'll tell you what setting the edge does not mean. Setting the edge does not mean um, just having your eye on the offensive tackle and just having your way with an offensive tackle. Um, Setting the edge means you have to have your outside shoulder free. And when you have your outside shoulder free, that means you have you have that outside containment, and then you also have that inside gap, um, the B gap, and usually where that tackle is. You can't get widened out too far because there's still a run lane. That's your fault there, and you, you got to make the you got to make the uh, linebacker's job easy. If you wide out too far, that gap is too big for the linebacker to fill. So you got to you just got to um, you can't just run in there hell or high water. You got to got to have some sort of plan in there, and I think. Floyd was pretty decent there in the run game, but when it came to pass rushing and it came to stuff like that, it just it never translated. And I think that's what we're going to see with there that. Was that so, so would you say that Robert Quinn is <laughs> adequate at setting the edge and adds a pass rush flavor that could produce double-digit sacks? I think he has 100% potential to, especially with Mac on that side. But he... Quinn is a guy when he's on the last few years. Few years when he's had his production, he's got he's got production to be a number one edge rusher. And now we're with a generation guy like Cleo Mack on the other side. I mean, you got to put up talent, put up numbers. And if you're not, like that's an issue, and that's why Floyd's gone. Um, I think I think Quinn is a clear cut upgrade, and I think if Quinn produces on a consistent basis, I, there's no way there's no way that linebacking core can't eat up on a on day to day basis. I mean, it's it's I, the addition of Quinn is so big, and I think people knock it just because we already have Khalil Mack. Why spend more money on another edge rusher? But if you have two guys in the pocket inside, uh, fucking Akeem Hicks inside, it, there's nowhere to go with the ball. I mean, that just makes your DBs look better. That makes everyone look better. And I mean, if you're if you're not giving up many points in a game, that also makes your shitty quarterback room better too. So, so you think we're going to get over how great of an edge setter that that Floyd was? Because there's some people, there's Floyd truthers out there, man. They're, they're, uh... <laughs> Looking at you, Raul. Looking at you. I was sad when we got rid of Floyd just because I think his potential was great. But, I mean, after, you know, four years of 
of what three, four sacks. I mean, it's it you're not drafting the top ten to have three, four sacks a year, and it's a productive league, especially on edge rusher. And people complain that he should have been drafted into pass coverage more, since how he wasn't, you know, getting the sack production to do what his strengths were. But you're not you're not paying an edge rusher to drop into coverage, you know, more times than he's rushing in a game, and you're you're paying them in that defense in Pagano and Fangio's defense. You're paid to rush the passer. And if you're not getting production, you can't be on the team. And I, mean, I don't care how many friends you make in Chicago. I mean, that's what it is. You're getting paid to stack the quarterback. And if you're not doing that, you're, you're out of the league. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think that's another uh, area where the depth I have to question is uh, at inside linebacker. I think beyond Roquan and Danny now, I I don't know, with Kwiatkowski departing. Um, I think know, linebacker in general, man. Yeah. There's not a lot of depth. I mean, you have injuries there, and we're not exactly deep there anymore. I don't trust – I mean, have you, Cole, have you seen anything in, in Josh Woods and Iguodala – or um, not Iguodala, I, Iggy, um, Ie Bunue, uh, you know, to, to make you believe that they can step up and, and, and you know, be anything? No, absolutely not. Not on a, on a week-to-week basis or on a long-term basis at all. And I think after Roquan was drafted, I think – after those first two years, first year, you felt like we had a guy that was, no matter what, he was going to be a staple there. And after last year, I feel like he had some um, mental mental issues that kind of held him out for a little bit. Even when he was back, it kind of held him back too. And I mean, if you Trevathan, he has another injury because he's getting up there, and and then you're left with Roquan. If Roquan goes down, I mean, you, we have nobody there. And yeah, I don't. And Woods and Iggy. I, could could they be a placeholder for a week? For sure. I mean, I think anyone can if they're coached right. But on a long term basis, no. I mean, if you're, I think that's why edge rushers are so much so much more important this year. Is because if we have a little bit of a hiccup in the linebacker core, I mean, those edge rushers could, could definitely fill the gap. But no, I, out of those two, there's no depth at all in there, and that definitely worries me. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I do. I do want to see. I think it was Gibson, right? I, I, I kind of like we. Yeah. yeah. And. You I think, think he's really going to contribute as a rookie, though? Who knows, I mean, man? But Casey Erlacher, I mean, uh, I think I think he could develop into what <laughs> we wanted Floyd to be, and we didn't. The draft capital definitely wasn't the same. Um, Vodders, Gibson looks like a more. I liked Vodders in the preseason last year. I think he's still on the roster too. I just you run out of you run out of roster space so quickly. I mean, I've seen a couple of mock rosters, and it's like. You want to keep all these wide receivers, and you want to keep these tight ends, and you want to, you still want to have some special team guys. It's like you run out of guys quick, and and you know now we got all of a sudden we have all these cornerbacks on the you know that that we'd like to keep as well. I mean, I, I don't defensive know. Defensive back depth is also going to be a little bit of an issue personally, but. Well, I think that they've actually solidified that pretty well now. I mean, we don't know who the hell Trey Roberson is, let's be honest. But um, I don't know who Artie Burns is either. Yeah, but Artie Burns, he's he's functional. He's you know like he's a guy who can play the position. Not necessarily going to play it phenomenally, but neither did a Mukamara. I mean, you know, this last season. Um, so. I think Jalen Johnson's role is going to be a lot bigger than even he thinks it's going to be this year. I mean, oh yeah. Other than Fuller, I mean, we don't got Mukamara was our. No matter what anybody says, Mukamara was he was solid. You know, he had his hiccups there and there, but compared to compared to who we have now, I mean, right. It, there's really nobody. There's a big gap after that. So I think Jalen's going to have a huge uh, 
um, gap to fill when it comes to that. And he's he's got to work for it because after him, there's really not. I'm, I don't want to put my trust in Artie Burns on CB2 out there. Right, and I mean, is Duke Shelley even going to be on the roster? I have a hard time seeing that happening. Steven Denmark, I mean, I feel like that guy's cut already. Uh, you know, so, you know, they, they, they're going to keep Sherrick. They're going to keep Deion Bush. They're going to keep DeAndre Houston Carson for special teams. You know, uh, I mean, you're running out of spots. I mean, they, they obviously Pace thinks he's a genius for getting this Roberson guy. Uh, so we'll see if that works out. I mean, they love, they like Tolliver. I mean, I like, to, I like Tolliver too. Screen's not going anywhere. Yeah, but it's like Tolliver hasn't gotten a shot, and I think that that was because of the sort of veteran respect for Mukamara that they had. Because there was times where Mukamara, and I don't dislike the guy. I think he played really well, but there was times where he should have been benched at last year, and they didn't because he's a leader and he's a veteran. Um, you know, and it wasn't like he, but he was, there was times when he was hurt and he was still out there and he shouldn't have been. And there was times where he was just playing bad and he should have been benched or at least just not benched, but rotated. I mean, you know, rotate, damn it. <laughs> like, well, and so, got that good IU blood in him though. So, you know, he's good. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm, I, you know, anyway, yeah, so the, it, you know, it, it just depth, depth is troubling, you know, and, and I've picked this team to do well, we all have, and, um, we've all, you know, are, are in the 10 and six to 12 and four, what are we 11 and five? Who's got them more? Than that, anybody? I know Jerry. You said eleven and five. Brian, what'd you say? Uh, I got it. I've got it pinned at twelve and four. Oh, there you go. So we're, you know, we're trying not to drink the Kool Aid too hard after last year, but try, try not to drink the Kool Aid. We haven't twelve and four. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're very skeptical, but they're going to be thirteen. Kool Aid's good, kids. Enjoy the Kool Aid. Yeah, at the end of the day. Right, at the end of the day, drink. Um. So anyway, just. Uh, the depth, and I mean, so I guess you know, I don't know if you're in the prediction game, Cole, but what do you think? What's your prediction for this team, record-wise? And um, if if we get if we get adequate QB play, um, and we stay healthy on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's 12 and 4, 13 and 3 range for sure. But it's oh yeah, that's just... that's that's if everything goes right, kind of like it did in 2018. And, you can't. That's that's one thing. After 2018, after the the Cody Parkey missed field goal, everybody's like, "It's all right, we can do it again next year." But I'm like, "You guys don't understand. Like, we had zero injuries this year. That never happens." And so if if things if things stay healthy, I think it could be a great year. But I, I don't see it. I don't see where we miss the playoffs again. It's especially with that that extra playoff spot. I mean, it's it. it I think we would have to hit the fan hard for for us to get anything below uh, a nine and what a nine and six or nine and seven season. It's, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Well, and, and like we've said, the lower pressure helps the bears, you know, every, all the national people that love to pick against the bears are riding that hard. And honestly, that usually works out better for us. So I'm good with it. You know, they can all predict us to get four or five, six wins. And that'll probably, I mean, you know, you see a lot of guys saying Eddie Jackson's got definitely has a chip on his shoulder after last season. Akeem, you know, is going to be coming back mad. Khalil, you know, and people were showing him liking all these negative posts that people were making. It's like, oh, okay. 
Khalil got a little something. something well, I told you, I, I was reading his bio. He picked that yeah. 46 in college because that's what EA Sports ranked him. Yo, I mean, that you know, like, he's got a little bit of that, like, that bitter Jordan kind of thing in him, you know, where he's, like, making up reasons, like, this dude said something about my mom and, you know, this guy didn't shake my hand or some reason to get nasty, you know, and he's so – I mean, that's what we need. We need a guy like that. And I think Robert Quinn – is that same type of, you know, nasty. And I think uh, Khalil is going to be fired up to play across from a guy like that. And those guys are going to be trying to one-up each other, I think. So, I mean, my thing is, like, I just know for a fact we're going to be leaning on this defense again. And it's like, you know, we're used to it. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, you go to games nowadays and that's the – that's the most exciting thing still, you know, we still have no damn offense. It's all about getting your ass up on third down and that bear raid siren going off. The bear raid siren doesn't go off for the offense. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed it. <laughs> like, that has yet to happen. <laughs> we, need, we need the offense to be able to keep the defense rested. That's, yeah, that's, just that's be huge. Yeah, get a damn first down. That'd be nice. So, quick, yeah. my last quick question for you is: If you're a defensive lineman, how do you attack our offensive lineman? You watch it enough. You're a defensive lineman. You know how you would go after him. If you're looking at Leno, if you're looking at that big waste of space on the other side, how do you attack him? Okay. Um, I think the I think the O line gets comfortable too easy. So if they're if somebody's you know, uh, rushing the edge quick, and like on Leno, for example, if someone's rushing the edge quick on a couple, two, three snaps here and there. I think Leno's like, okay, okay, I, I think I understand how to how to um, quick set, and but then all of a sudden gets beat with an inside move without getting an arm on anybody. So I think he lacks the. I know he knows how to do fundamentals. He's an NFL offensive tackle, but I think in his head, I think he he gets comfortable too quickly out there, and he thinks he's settled in, and I think he kind of needs to be on his toes a little more. Um, it, it, it's easy to set up the offensive line, and it, it's kind of embarrassing to see how you see him kind of pancaking one guy, and next time he he absolutely whiffs, and he's on his on his chest the next play, and it's it, it, they're too easy to get fooled, I guess. And I don't know if that I'd have a hard time believing that was he stands fault with all the accolades he's got, but I don't know. I don't know. That's one thing that kind of makes me nervous with no really acquisitions this off season. Um, they must feel like they have either that Jermaine Effetti, they must feel like he's a little bit better than I guess his film has showed and, or they believe Juan Castillo is going to bring a different flair or a different teaching points to this O-line. But right now I don't see how on paper we're any better than we were last year. I think if we want to run the ball better than we were last year, we needed to make some upgrades and that didn't happen. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, well, thanks, Cole. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully, you come back on the show again soon. That was really fun. Uh, definitely, you got yeah. great, great yeah. info. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, invite me back on. We'll do this again. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We'd love to have you on again. Um, people can check out Cole on Twitter. It is Cole Van Way, C O L E V A N W E Y five zero on Twitter. Uh, he also is writing now for uh, the Brawl Network, so check out his uh, articles on uh, thebrawlnetwork.com. And then he also has his own. He, hey, uh, yeah, he's he's posting in our group too. Right, he's, he's posting, posting on the on the Tailgate Show uh, Facebook group, so check him out there. And then he also has his own site, uh, sonofaditka.com, just spelled exactly like it sounds. 
And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add there, uh, Cole? Um, no, I appreciate you guys, and thanks for the plugs. And, shoot, yeah, let's do this again soon. Absolutely, sir. Have a great night. Uh, you too. Thanks, Bye. Cole. All right, man, thank you. That was Cole. Cole, man, he knows his stuff. I liked, uh, I liked how he brought it. Yeah, man. Um, you know yeah. I had to poke it right. Oh, I'm not setting the edge shit. That, that shit had to happen. Yo, the setting the edge <laughs> thing is like, I mean, like, what is, like, I just, like, I don't get it. Like, you, you're trying to tell me that, like, I don't know. Like, you're just trying to trying to make stuff up. Like, Leonard Floyd seems like I, res- I respect I respect Raul. Me too. And with a lot of his takes, he knows a lot of shit. But man, get off Floyd's get dick. The- get off Floyd's dick, Raul. Absolutely. For real. All there's that. A new there's, 90, a- there's a new 94 in town. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, it, as what it comes down to is one person got a huge multi-year contract. To do the job that Floyd was drafted to do, the other person is now in Los Angeles on a on a prove it deal. You multitask that mute button, Jer. On a prove it deal, um, and who knows if he's even gonna make the damn roster? I mean the. The way that our fans, and it's not just Raul, and she, you know, we're not trying to just shit on Raul, but uh, just the way that, that some of our fans, and, and I mean, we did it. We we drank the Kool Aid on, you know, uh, Floyd. Oh, this new coach comes in and says he's got the greatest tools on the team, and that includes Khalil Mack. Like it's like, you know, and 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 you know, of course, you big toolbox see, of softness. Yo, like you see a you see a guy make some plays in the Packer game, and you're like, oh my god, like you know. But we've gone over it. I mean, Floyd was the king of the almost sack, the king of the almost play, and I know pressure, pressure, but pressure. Dude, he was getting hemmed up by tight ends. Get a sack. I mean, like accidentally get a sack, fall into a sack. Like, come on, you got Khalil Mack across from you, and and you know, like. Bro, <laughs> you can't get shit. He's getting triple coverage in some plays. Yo, You're getting single like, coverage with a freaking tight end, and you can't get in. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I just, just see with my own eyes, you can just see a guy that does not want to get into the shit, you know, does not want to get his hands dirty and get in where, you know, where he can get hurt. Because, like, and I mean, honestly, the guy was playing like he was worried about his contract next season. That's Dude, I mean, opinion. I saw him live. He was, sometimes he's just happy to make contact with an offensive lineman. Like, yeah. I, I'm looking, coach, I'm doing something. And then it's just right. Like, well, that's the thing is that, like, don't forget, like, people forget that NFL players are not all insanely driven people. There are a lot of NFL players that are big and fast, and so they got told they should play football. And they rode that all the way to the damn NFL. It happens, you know, like it happens that guys are just freaks and they have this God given size and speed and, and they don't have the drive. 
and they never needed the drive. And it can take them all the way to being a passable player in the NFL. And and that's what Leonard Floyd is a freak. I mean, dude is athletically a freak. You would see him on the street and be like, that is not an NFL player, a, a defensive end. Like, get out of here. He doesn't seem like the body type. Like, you, you know, you think defensive end, you expect to see, like, Alex Brown or, like, Richard Dent or, like, you know, some one of these big guys, Neil Smith, like on the Chiefs, you know, like guys like that. Right. You look at Floyd, you think he's like a small forward or something, like a, you know, like a small, small forward. I think he could have been decent on the inside if they had moved him inside because he did that at Georgia for a little bit. I don't, know if he's been, I don't know if he's physical enough to play inside. Yeah, I don't think he has enough I, I don't think he can fight off blocks. I think right. that's the and, whole thing. And, you can't fight off blocks. No, and he's bad with trash. Like, like he, he just can't get through it, you know? He's not a stack and shed guy, like, at all. <laughs> at all. He's fast and wriggly, and he can, if he's allowed to, like, float around on the edge and set the edge, yeah, he'll, he'll run into some plays. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, I get and, what Jared's saying. Know. Like, back when Lovey was here, he might have been able to get something out of him as, like, a backup for Erlacher yeah. because he's so long and athletic. Like, I get that, but not in this defense. Right. Side. No. No. And, and and unfortunately, it only got worse when the whole middle of the defense is, is gone with Akeem Hicks not there. And then Eddie Goldman afraid to, you know, get his knees taken out in every damn play. But and even when our blah, defense blah, blah, blah. firing on all people... cylinders, Floyd that wasn't really lighting the world up. No. That's, that's what keeps getting overlooked here. It's like, where's Quinn going to feed it to? He's going to feed it back to Hicks and Goldman and Trevathan. And it I mean, up. like, how you could look not, at that? We're not in he's not three, four that much. Like no. Quinn's no. going to have his hand in the dirt, man. Absolutely. How you could look at the Quinn acquisition and and come up with negative about it, I'm sorry, you're just doing too much. Like, you're doing too much. Like, sometimes you just go, nope, that's going to (laughs) work. Like, because guess what? I had one nasty pass rusher on the other end. Now I got one on the other end. Oh, and now I got a Keem Hicks in the middle, and that's the rule of three. Now we, good luck, good luck putting two or three guys on Mac. Yeah, put, pick your fucking poison. I mean, really. And, and also, what that does is it it doesn't it makes allow cornerbacks a lot better too. Absolutely, because you cannot be so spread. I mean, you just can't. You Pause. cannot. Yeah, whoa. You cannot be so. Spread out, which which makes teams more have to leave more guys in the block, which you know that's what you want. I mean, it's going to make everybody better. I mean, you you telling me that you could forget about Robert Quinn on the field? You, you can't forget about that. You, I hope they count. do. I hope they do. Yo, and and he we talked about it before with Cole. That dude's got a motor. Like he wants it. He's yeah. He's, he's got the same out. motor Mac does. You got two guys that are driven as hell. If there's not, I mean, if you're complaining about that, just you're doing too much. You're trying too hard, and like it ain't. It, it, that's gonna be popcorn material right there. That's gonna be worth the price of damn admission. Because Nick Foles at quarterback, I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's gonna. Yeah, be. Yeah, I think some guys are just hyping Foles up a little too much, man. Like, yes, he's an upgrade to Mitch, but damn. 
No, yeah. I you mean, see the Cam Newton workout videos. You're like, if Cam's healthy, man, I'm sorry. Like, if he is healthy, which I don't Cam think Newton he is. Sign. Cam Newton would come in here and be like, Mitch, so much pack, pack up, pack up your <laughs> shit, bro. Like, oh yeah. I mean, you know, Mitch would be, Mitch would be bouncing with uh, great value, Felicity. <laughs> He'd be like, oh baby, wow. we are people. Like I can't I can't stay here no more. <laughs> Back to Ohio. Well, and, and that was interesting. Like Kyle Long was on Colin Cowherd, and Colin Cowherd's been a huge Mitch basher, and he basically said like, hey, you know, like he's not he he he's not the guy. Doesn't look like he's gonna be the guy. Can he actually beat Foles out, or does this seem like it's a you know completely? And Kyle has already waffled on this a lot. Yeah, he's been back and forth with it. Right. Because he doesn't want he doesn't want to walk the walk as a guy who's not on team Mitch right now. Like he he's he wants to be honest and he wants to be taken seriously as an analyst, but he's not quite ready to to walk the walk on being out on Mitch. But what he said, you know, about Mitch is that he has to just let it go. And Tariq Cohen was interviewed recently and said the same thing. Let it go. You know, what is that? But is Maggie going to let him go? Let it go. Like, is he going to be frozen in in like a deer in headlights or is he going to let it go? He's already frozen, dude. He's already frozen. Can't turn the the TVs off on this one. Well, exactly. It's going to be frozen in carbonite. You know, if he's not careful, I, uh, I just, I don't know. You know, Kyle was just like, yeah, he needs to let his freak flag fly. I'm like, who are you talking about? You're talking about Roboto, Mitch. Like, if if Nagy pays, get that man a boat. He's a boat. <laughs> yeah. If Nagy, but can you imagine if Nagy, when Nagy stops telling him bedtime stories every night? Because now he's paying attention to his new girlfriend, Foles. Like, Mitch is gonna, <laughs> just going to cry himself to sleep. Like, it's just going to be like, oh, nobody's, everybody doesn't love me anymore. Uh, they're mean to me. They don't, they don't treat me like I'm the king. And, and, and there's no, there's no guy with a giant head telling me I'm the greatest and, and everything's fine. And, like, Fucking, I mean, dude, all he's going to have is Ragone. Like, all his all his allies and his wet nurses are gone now. You think those guys are going to nope. fucking, you think those guys are going to suck on him to make sure that he's, you know, hard before the game like they did oh. last year? Oh. Saying, the fluffers, balls required. The fluffers have left the building for Mitch. That's all I'm saying. Like, you got to get it up, get out there, and get it done. No more fluffing. That's all I'm saying. Splat. Splat. Start, start, <laughs> start throwing ropes. So, uh, on, on the Twitter sphere, dude, Packers FTW, which I've never heard of before, but somebody, I think Raul retweeted it. It said, the Bears are 3-17 and against the Packers since 2010. Anyone know why their fans run their mouth so much. I'm like, because fuck them, that's why. Like, yeah. it's still a rivalry, bro. Like, what, what, yeah. like Exactly. I, I still run them? my mouth if it was flipped. Like, if we were 17-3 against you. That, like, 
Well, have it's you met them? Have got you met nothing. the Lions fans? I mean, that's the entire Lions fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, but we all talk shit, man. Get off your, get off your soapbox, bro. Well, that's just the thing. Is it's like, if you ever are gonna come to that, it's like you know for a fact that every damn game has been close, except for like maybe three or four. Even if we, even if we were twenty and oh, I would still talk shit okay. in that rivalry. And, and and the Bears have had some big wins during that time, so it ain't like it ain't like it's just three and seventeen. You know what I mean? Like it's not. They've had some big wins. They've had some bragging rights wins. There's every almost every damn game. Steal your line. To steal your line, that and four bucks will get you a cup of coffee. Right, mm-hmm. and, and and you know what I see the fucking Packer fans. What have you done with it? What did you do with it? What do you got to show for it? Where's the fucking hardware? Oh, I'm sorry. Gave up 200 yards without contact to the 49ers. No, like, I'm goal. serious. Like, you know, the, the Packers have had should have had their way paved to the NFC Championship game every damn season, but but they don't, you know? Like, I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> what are you doing with it? We uh, show me the show me the we're three and seventeen against the Bears or seventeen and three against the Bears trophy and where that sits in Lambeau. You know, like fuck out of here. That's all I'm saying. Like, we're gonna keep talking shit because that's just the deal. That's what we do. Right. Uh, it, it must be it must be bothering them a little bit. Might have to get on that. Some guy was like. They they put out that promo for that for that horrible and soon to be horrible Brady documentary that they're gonna squeeze like oh. ten episodes out of like anybody fucking cares to see that. They'll I really mean, have to deflate that. And then when you well, so like, who wants to see ba- like Botox Brady like oh yeah just kissing his son and shit like yeah it's gonna be. For shit, you know. So I said, I said, you know, I can't wait. I mean, to I'll not be there for the Giselle, the Giselle episode, though. <laughs> Whatever, man. Just get, go on Instagram and get your rocks off. I'm not gonna look at that weirdo. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you you sit there and watch Brady and like, I don't know. And she don't do it for me after that, like at all. I'm saying, like, I said, you know, I said, oh, I can't wait to not watch that ever. Yeah, you know, on the Schefter post and people, all these Patriot fans are in my mentions like, oh, you're just mad because Brady's done more than the, the Bears ever did. And I was like, bro, George House invented football. Shut the fuck up. Like a lot of that, that, that whole, like the last dance was awesome. And I, I like, as yeah. I, and I know they're not going to do one of the Houston Rockets, but I wish they would that one season. Like it would be cool to see those directors be able to do that. Cause they, they killed it. I mean, they do any team you're a fan of on a season, but the thing is that you know that was filmed 22 years ago. Like yeah. that, that that footage existed, you know, and it happened to be about a season that was you know one for the ages with all these characters. And people are talking about let's do a Spurs documentary. Nobody's watching a fucking Spurs documentary. Well, the fact I got that footage that, that good too HD too, like. Yeah, well, it's great, and 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 we—I don't know if we talked about this, but it reminds you how bad all the game copy is of the NBA. Like, thank God for the NFL films because we would have no 
footage of the game in the 60s, 70s, or basically 80s that was worth a shit if it wasn't for NFL films. Because you look at the old NBA game footage, it's horrendous. It looks like garbage. And then you see this doc footage from 98 and compare the game footage, it's like, oh my god, like I wish that, that, you know, like somebody should have been, I know they have 82 games and there's only 16 football games, I get that, but Somebody should have thought like, hey, maybe we should, you know, get a damn decent copy of some of these games because, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, but that's the thing is that there's not going to be. The TVs we watched back then couldn't handle that shit, though. No, absolutely not. But, I mean, I remember, remember, and I'm sure you do, but in the afternoons on, like, ESPN2, there would always be, like, NFL films. And you'd watch, you know, some. Like, yeah. You know, the I, also, I also remember back then looking through the squiggles on Spice. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, that's a titty. Yeah, you're getting your... <laughs> watching your, your skin and max through your... Yeah, you couldn't get the channel, but you could look through the squiggles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. There's not, I, nobody wants to watch Brady. Like, come on. No, good. The man in the arena. Like, bro, shut up and try to win. The sad part is, though, I'd watch it right now because there's no sports. <laughs> but no, no, not when there's sports back. There's so much crap to watch on Netflix. I mean, I wouldn't watch that. No way. You can find it. I just wrapped up Ozark, man. Dude, watch that show. Yeah, you've been, you've been jocking Ozark pretty hard. We'll get there. It's we'll good, there. man. I believe you. I believe you. So... Yeah, I mean, not much else is going on. It's kind of status quo. I mean, they're, the, the, um, they are talking about first things first, as this one in the NFC. Basically saying we're going to be the first seed, 12-4, and four, Nick Wright, your boy Nick Wright. And so, I, I mean, Nick Wright is like, he's like uh, a wannabe Skip Bayless. Like, you know, he's he's all about hot takes. He's all about jocking LeBron. And, and he just goes hard in the paint to – to defend his points of view. So it's cool that, that he said that we're going to do this or that or whatever. He's a dick, but it's cool. He, yeah. I just don't like him normally, so I'm not going to, like, I, I don't like flipping like that. If I don't Oh, like no, him, it's just we've just been talking about all the negativity coming I, out. There was... There's been a couple. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's what's funny, too, though, is that, like, when too many people go negative on the Bears, somebody gets a bright idea, ah, oh, everybody's uh-huh. going negative on the Bears. I will get talked about by bucking the trend and going positive on the bears, you know? And it's like, it's all just fucking smoke and mirrors. Like these, how about uh, your number seven, your number seven receiver of the 2010s, Brandon Marshall. How about B Marsh? Dude, that year that he put up was pretty ridiculous. You think about it. He, he had a pretty hellacious run there. 1500 yards. He's franchise records. Yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine if he had his head on straight. Yo, if you need a guy to get you 100 catches and 1500 yards and guarantee that you don't get to the playoffs, he is your man. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. He, no, is, he, play, he, he was one of our best receivers ever. Oh, absolutely, he's one of the most talented. It, I will actually, I will go so far as to say that he is top two most talented receivers to ever wear a Bears uniform. Wow. I think it's him. Who else is in that conversation? Straight up, I think it's him and Alshon. 
it's probably from a talent standpoint, I would say Alshon is one, Marshall is two. I would go possibly Robinson three, and then I think Curtis Conway was highly underrated just because of the quarterbacks yeah. he had to deal with. Conway, sure. I mean, I just, just like. Tells you the dire straits we're really in as a team. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I mean, the argument could be made Marshall was the best we ever had. He just wasn't here super long, so maybe people don't view it that way. But he was a very, very talented dude. Well, and he and he honestly got blamed for a lot of shit that he didn't. He didn't help any situations. He definitely was not a glue guy. He was not going to fix anything. But he he definitely wasn't the cause of strife. He just, right. he just, you know, he would, he could be gasoline on it sometimes. Oh, yeah, he wasn't, he was gonna, he was gonna Definitely. turn the locker over, huh? No, but he wasn't in the office trying to punch Mark Tressman either, like crazy ass Martellus. I mean, like. Yeah, he did. That, that was funny when you played that last week. Like Brandon Marshall's like, dude, I, th- I thought I had some issues. Like, yeah. I, I got, I gotta go, man. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> You know, like, Marty Soros is a trip. Like, Marshall was never anything like that. Marshall was just, like, I mean, and that's just funny, like, what people will put up with. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, from certain, and Bears fans, I think, it's funny, they'll fall in love with dudes, but they also will flip on guys. Like, if you do something, you know, kind of sketchy or, like, whatever, like, you know, Bears fans will, Burn your jersey, not really. Well, burn. Belichick didn't want to hold on to Marty either, and that's a guy that puts up with some characters. Right, but I'm talking about Marshall. Like, there's so many Marshall haters in Bears. You know, like, well, and it's like never, we yeah. haven't seen any. Like when Marshall and Cutler were on, th- there's never been a connection quite like that. No. That's fair. That's the fair and, statement. And then when you have, I mean, that was a guy straight up. He didn't even have to be open. Cutler could just throw him the ball, and because the ball was coming, make it happen. Marshall was big enough and had the skill to make a play on the ball. Period. I just think a lot of heat was put on him for when Tressman couldn't handle the locker room. Right, and and, and he got blamed for it. I mean, and, you know, and it's not like he, it was the only spot that. I mean, unfortunately, it happened in other spots as well. But I think sometimes guys get a reputation, and it's almost like it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. And so, it, and and that, you know how that goes. Bad teams, no matter what, they find guys to blame. I mean, that's not an accident. Coaches, coaches throw players under the bus. Why? So they can keep their jobs. Mike Furry, see your receiving core. And I really think we dropped the ball there when Gro got let go by the the Eagles. I, I wanted him back here, but he's not Nagy's boy. But it's weird because it's like well, Eagle connection, but he wasn't. I don't know. He's really Andy Reid tree like that. Probably I, not. But I know that he. The, the fact like handler. I liked him when he was here. Absolutely, absolutely. Me. Did you peep that article about the uh, NFL plans on? Having fans in the stands this year. Did you see that? I put it in the chat. Uh, that's cool. What does the CDC have to say about it? All right. Well, here's. I think we're moving closer to that. 
as we stand right now. Yeah, I think we're moving closer. It, it depends on who you ask. I mean, the, the if you go down in the SEC, the SEC thinks college football is going on like normal. University of Michigan just said they feel that there will be no athletic activity this season at all unless they can let students back onto the campus en masse. So, I think it also depends on the area. Like, it, there's some places that just, it, I think uh, politics has a lot to do with it. But, like, Chicago's, <laughs> Chicago's mayor is not playing around either, man. Like, she. Oh, and, 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 you know, the thing about it is the NFL is doing the right thing in my mind is they absolutely should proceed full steam ahead as if everything is going to plan. And then you work from there because what you don't want to have happen is you think you know you were gonna go with no fans or truncated schedule or this that and the other and then you 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 know it's like oh we can go normal like you should go as if you're going normal and then adjust from there like i think that they're so i think that's their mentality is and they know how powerful they are that's the other thing. Yeah, but I also think like they're gonna get to a thing where like if people say they don't, they're not ready to go to games. I, I don't. I think people need to need to do what they feel safe. Like I don't. It's, yeah, I don't think you that's... shouldn't be questioning anybody's fandom over that shit because this this is we don't know. This is an enemy. This is an enemy that we can't see. We don't really know what is gonna happen. I'm not gonna question anybody's fandom, but no, like, no, not you. No, I'm no, just saying. I'm just saying I'm not going to if if somebody tells me hey I'm not go into a stadium because I need to worry. I'm not going to say anything about that, but I guarantee fucking to you that opening day, if they are allowed to be in the stands, these stadiums in the NFL will be 100% full. Oh yeah. Somebody. Absolutely. It's, it's crazy. If I they know, man. And because little by little we are getting very desensitized to this whole thing. I mean, there's been you plenty of spots. There. There's been plenty of spots this weekend where people are just business as usual. They're in the pools and the Ozarks. Speaking of which, you know, they're in the pools and they're hanging out. They're going to clubs. There was some beach pool club in Houston where everybody's lined up. Nobody's doing any social distancing. Nobody wearing no masks. None of that stuff. Like. It's business as usual. People are getting their swerve on. And if the NFL stadiums open up and it's get my, all get my swerve on right now. All good to go. People are going to fill oh. those stadiums up. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Like there are replacement fans in the NFL. For every fan, it's like eh, there's five fans waiting to take that fan's place. True. I did buy oh. Tennessee tickets already. Section 204. Exactly. It's <laughs> in a fucking pandemic. <laughs> like, you know, just in case. Just in case. Yeah, I just couldn't make sure. that move. I couldn't make the move without, like, a city like Tennessee. Like, if it's, like, restricted. City like, like Tennessee. Nice. I'm sorry. City like Nashville. <laughs> if if there's restrictions, it's not it's not well, that kind of thing. For you, it's different for me. I didn't buy tickets. Jared, that's Jared's Jared. driving distance. Yeah, that's Jared's backyard. If, I'm trying if, to hook you all up. Place I to mean, stay. I still not. I'm not trying to get on a plane until there's a vaccine, man. Personally, Jared, we already know. 
Jared's Mr. T, and he's getting on, not getting on no plane either. But no, fuck no. One of these days, though. The, the whole thing, though, you, you start dealing with uh, viruses and vaccines. Flu is a virus, and it doesn't. The flu vaccine doesn't always work. So I would. I mean, that there's a lot of loopholes and shit. But I would just tell you that do what you feel comfortable with. First and foremost, that should always be the guideline, you know? Right. But the thing, the thing about it is, and is that the problem with this is that it is not about an assessment of personal risk. There's supposed to be a, a, a feeling of responsibility. Civic responsibility. Keep the populace healthy and fucking people just don't give a fuck. Straight up. Well, that's the thing. They're like, oh, government's telling us what to do. All right, go out. Everybody go out, and I'm going to sit back and watch and be like, okay, how's it going it's, now? It's evolutionary quiz, motherfuckers. Go for it. You don't want to wear a mask? Be my fucking guest. We'll see you on the other side, bro. Your truck's about to be on Craigslist, you fuck. Like, Get the fuck out of here, like, with your stupid ass. That's an evolutionary quiz. You just failed. Like, you don't want to be careful? Great. You know what I mean? Fucking jump your fucking mountain bike off a building for all I fucking care. It ain't a great idea. You know, don't fucking come to me with the GoFundMe page afterward. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that. I mean, there's a lot of shit that can go either way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's Uh, arguments for her. Herd immunity, there's arguments for... Right. I mean... All I know is that the problem I have with everything... You take your own health and your own risk. I mean... So we're not setting up a GoFundMe for our show? Every day, every day we take our health and our own risk. But the fact of the matter is that 100,000 people have died in like 75 days. Like... Very true. Like, it's not... If if 100,000 people died in 75 days smoking cigarettes... There'd be padlocks on cigarette packs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'd be fucking shutting down cigarette factories. Like, you know, I mean, like, it'd be, it'd, and, and people would be like, yes, this is correct. Yes. You know, like, but. And I get the anxiousness to want to get out and just get back to normal. I do get it. But, like, we just got to be smart. That's all. Just be smart. Right. And if you're not fucking smart. Sucks for you, but the problem is, is that the, it it doesn't, it doesn't work like that because you're the dumb people are deciding for the smart ones whether or not at risk. I'm people. I'm really trying to stay out of politics right now, bro. It ain't politics. It's about fucking human <laughs> people. It's no, not, I'm talking about the, the the dumb ones and the smart ones. Yo, but it, no, it, dude, there's dumb people but in there. Understand, understand there's, that there's legitimate arguments for either side, and you should make the decision that's best for your situation. Don't we, bitch, and you're wrong. It's what did we say about being a Bears fan? Exactly. Fan don't buy don't touch. buy tickets till we figure out but, what's going on. Oh, Sorry. but but as, no, <laughs> as just said, like Jerry, you're t- I mean, you're in the fucking. I don't, you know, you're in the shit. You know what I mean? Like you're in, yeah. you work every single day with the highest risk population out there, right. and not only are the hospitals basically dumping these people onto the nursing homes. 
in not maybe not where you are, but they're doing it in other places. Yes, in other places that's places happening. Places where that's the hospitals are overloaded, they are dumping elderly and high risk population into nursing homes. And the well, nursing homes are taking them. But I can tell you like our biggest fight in nursing homes is keeping it out. It's just right. keeping it out, you know. Like with and it depends on the corporate and or the philosophy of the building. Right. You know, if the philosophy of the building is worried more about profit, they're not gonna do the uh, things that you need to do like you know, we had in our specific building, which I won't be specific because, you know, that leads to shit. You know, we have uh, we required tests. It's like you have to have a test and it has to come back clear. Right. And but you're they not, came back clear. But you're not at the point where you're – are you getting your temperature taken every single day? We, uh, we've had our temperature taken every single day for the last – well, let's see. What is this? May? Since February. So what would you think about this? NFL stadiums, to bring it back to sports, because I know we don't want to veer too far off topic. Right. But it's it's part of our lives, right? So right. NFL stadiums open up. CC says, here's how it's going to work. Every single person that goes to an NFL game has to get their temperature taken. How? They have to. Wear a mask. I don't know. The, in, in Asia, yeah, they have it's formal, very simple. Horrible, uh, you know, things in the trains, and fucking people will come and pull you off. Oh, we, we saw you on the scanner as you walked in. You have 101, 102 temperature. Come with me. So not regularly. No. I mean, no, you got to pay extra for that. Yeah. Maybe in Green Bay. <laughs> in Green Bay. Oh, in Green Bay. Maybe a picture. Get your, your like, Packer oh, thermometer. <laughs> come, shovel, come shovel the snow and, and get a rectal exam at the same time. Uh, <laughs> you never see so many shovels. You imagine people. Well, there's more snowflakes than shovels in Green Bay. Let's just call it what no. it is. Yep. But okay, so it is now a challenge that the Army Corps of Engineers probably couldn't solve to get people into a stadium with their e-tickets on their fucking phones. You're it telling me... Be, you know, remember when we had the players dying on the field? You know, from overheating and exhaustion. If it's the smallest taking a small pill and scanning, would you do it? Well... It, what what I think that they are what they may end up doing, and this would be you know this might be some sci-fi sounding shit, but they're gonna they are gonna scan the crowd. They could thermal image yeah, image scan the crowd and and get to that point where you know like that that's how you're you're pulling out people, you know, and it could be you know just a, a local radio host on the cocaine circuit circus in you know in the luxury boxes who's a little extra in Virginia who's a little extra sweaty that day. Oh, it's but, gonna be interesting man because like I, I can't I can't speak on the NFL level like cost wise like it's hard to get Lysol wipes for myself. Like to get the right things like that they you know like Lysol wipes or hand sanitizer. Like the shit's in shortage. 
I'm just saying, like, when things open back up, the standards are going to be different. So, like, most everybody's saying how much. Most of your sanitizers for, like, contacts with your hands and shit, you can actually make on your own. And I get that. But what I'm saying is on a, on a huge scale when you're trying to bring 60,000 people into a stadium, like, to be able to adhere to whatever the policies and, and the practices from the CDC are going to be, and, and also it's going to be a huge undertaking and a huge financial burden. Like, they're saying this is the money they're going to lose, but you, you got to factor in the money they're going to have to spend to adhere to what needs to be done. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as big as you think. Think about 9-11. Think about the changes that went on. We went through a clear bag policy. We went through, you know, you can't bring in X, I mean, Y, and Z. And Soldier Field, you can't bring any bags. Yeah, but the clear bag policies, you have to buy the clear bag. They're not buying it for you. Right. They will figure out a way, man. <laughs> like, you know. They will figure out a way, but my well, thing even is that like di- opening Disney back up, they were saying like half capacity, they would actually be operating at a loss, so it might not even be worth it for them to open. Do you know what I mean? Like these are. I agree. I mean, I agree. It's in in my business, in the restaurant business, you are. It is definitely a real thing that if you if you open up most restaurants at half capacity, it, they are operating at a loss. They're going to. I mean, restaurant profit margin is so thin. They've already and, – and here's the thing is that let's say that you aren't able to bring everybody back, you know, and so people are still on unemployment or they're on underemployment, you know, because they still aren't getting enough shifts or whatever the case may be. Well, that now hits your unemployment insurance. All this other stuff has been going on to this pandemic unemployment, and <clears> – <throat> Businesses, small businesses have been either taking out, uh, you know, payroll protection loans or they have been filing for interruption of business insurance or all these different things. Well, all that's going to stop as soon as the government says, oh, you can be open now, but only at half capacity. Right. Great. Which we are at in Indiana. Telling me that I now have the option to run a race with one leg. Fucking awesome. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it would be better for a lot of people to just stay closed until they can fully open. Now, most places are not going to do that. And if that's honestly the situation, then they're probably just going to close period. I mean, to be quite we're honest, in, but we're at a 50% capacity in Indiana right now. Right. Well, like so, Dicka's well, already, Dicka's already left downtown, right? How's, how's Cracker Barrel doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> Who would ever go to that shit all? I think Dickens is using this as an, as a convenient Dickens was not doing very well. The one in our, the, the, they had another location that already closed like a year ago. Um, this, they aren't doing very well. They're not, they, they have lost the cachet. The name doesn't carry anything like, you know, obviously everybody goes to Chicago cut. They go to Gibson's, they go to Gibson's Italia. Um, you know, some of these other places, Carmine's and Tavern on Rush still has its pull to some degree, but Dickus was waxing. Like they were on the way out regardless. Um, it's just, is what it is. I think I mean, you're going to, The question I've always asked with the whole thing is, like, what happens whenever you can pinpoint contraction of the COVID or whatever to a certain place and to a certain time? 
that's where you get into legal monies. That's where shit really gets hairy. You know what I'm saying? It's like if I can pinpoint it to your restaurant, to one server. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, and then talk about a fucking stadium. So you're the mayor of any town USA, and you are now basically saying we're good. Let's let's potentially ignite an enormous hotspot. So, your question is, what protocols do you take as a business owner, right? You have to fill out the screening, like what we do. We have to fill out the screening sheets every every week or two. If we go somewhere, you have to self. If you go anywhere outside of a specific area, like if you go to a hotbed that's considered a hotbed, you have to self quarantine for two weeks. You don't have a choice, but you have to fill out a questionnaire where you've been. This and that. Take your temperature daily. And the bits of it is, is people are asymptomatic with this. Are you, are you paid on that? Are you paid on that two-week quarantine? I can be because I have PTO time. But, but no. You're a healthcare professional, okay? There is. Oh God. No one's ever accused me of being a professional. Fortunately or unfortunately, you happen to be a healthcare professional who at least on some level, understands that they are there to, you know. We're in a different world. Right. I'll tell you that. What I'm saying, though, is that just recently there was a haircut person who's infected like 165 people, symptomatic, went back to work. That's the whole thing. You have to show – there's people that have to take responsibility for their health. Right. It's no different than, let's think about it on a grander scale. Think about HIV. You know, yes. if, you, if yes. you have HIV, you have to let your partner know. There are there are legal things that you have to do. Yeah. You know. Well, also a virus, kids. Also a virus. Right. So, but here's the thing is that, so extrapolate that out. A haircut person sees you know, exposes 165 people by seeing, let's say, you know, whatever it was, like 30, 40 clients and yeah. all the people, you know, like it just, it mushrooms out exponentially. So now you're going to say, okay, we're good putting 65,000 people together. I mean, some of the biggest outbreaks in Italy are traced back to specific soccer games. Like it's, it's just it's just risky, man. And and, and well, we've had here in Indiana, we've had uh, specific people that have passed away that were at basketball games, right? You know, at, during the sectional time, and they just didn't know. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that I think there's a lot of people that had it, never knew, and then you know, I mean, you end up getting tested for whatever, and it's like, oh shit, I got the antibodies, like. I had no idea. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing about this is that some people will have it, never know, never show symptoms, never anything, anything, and none of that. It's just crazy. Like, so I just feel like we keep sitting here going, when are we going to be out of the woods, brother? We're we're not even in the woods. <laughs> we ain't even got to the campsite yet. We're in the car. Wondering if we should get out of the car to go into the woods. <laughs> and people are, oh, it's all good. We're out of the woods. 
Like, no. <laughs> we are not. Like, it's just, like, so I just, at this, but at the same time, we cannot stay in the car forever. <laughs> it's a conundrum, man. I don't know. I don't have the right answer for it personally. I can tell you that. I can tell you that you have to take personal responsibility for your health, right. and you have to take responsibility for others that you come in contact with. Right. And, you know, I think I put a post up on my Facebook wall, and y'all are welcome to see it. You know, I don't wear a mask for me. I wear a mask for the person that I take care of, the person that I come in contact with at the times that I wear a mask. You know, I double mask. I have a... Two-month-old N95 that's disgusting, and I have a cloth mask that I put over top of it, you know, to eliminate as much as much body fluid transfer that I can. Pause. What about double condoms, too? If, hey, if the glove fits, you must not acquit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... I just heard body fluid man's, transfer. My man's on a budget. You, can't, you think he's going to be double magnum? Shoot. <laughs> Things ain't cheap, Jack. I was gonna say you're probably I was gonna say you're probably cutting the pinky off the rubber glove, the latex. Oh no, no, that's pricey. <laughs> Bangums. <laughs> but yeah, man, I mean Bags, bro. <laughs> do I know that the NFL will do something? Yes. I, I really believe they will because we all know in this world that money rules all. You know, profits yeah. rule the day. Right. Well, and, and the reality it, is, is there's know, a lot of money. I know people will try to say, "Oh, you're just." Was it that was right. in the article I sent you from Bears Wire? What was it? Four and a half, four hundred and fifty million dollars potentially lost by the Bears. I thought it was hundred and sixty-seven. Yeah, something like that. Still, well, you know, you throw the numbers around like that, it's just. Oh no, it's not a huge, it's not a small amount. I mean, people think that like the Bears are worth three billion dollars, like they got that liquid. Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna still see the 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 TV revenue side of it pick up if people can't go. Yeah. Really though, I don't know. I don't think you're gonna. There's something to it. You got a TV contract. You're you're not gonna you're not making any extra money. I think what we forget is the people that work the stadiums too. Absolutely. You know, you got people serving food. That's their income. Right. That's their livelihood. And there's going to have to be changes in how things are done inside the stadiums. And it's even that firefighter that gave that tour. What's he going to (laughs) do? What's his name? He might already have one Uh, foot in and one foot out. (laughs) Saw. No, <laughs> we should have recorded that whole thing, man. This is the dough boy. Hey, oh. Over here. Now, everybody, come over here and look at this fence. This fence was put up when they when they realized that they screwed up the remodel and they realized that the stadium didn't actually fit at all. So they built this fence. And over here by there, there's no where you could actually sit that's still part of the stadium. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, watch this video. And over here, they took a couple of two-tree dog tags and they stuck them right in the wall. And you can come over and you can look at them over there by there. It's it's real nice over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
the reality is, is there's a lot of questions that we don't have answers to, and it's okay to not have answers to them. Sorry, like you could say I'm politically one way or the other, and I'm sure a lot of people be like, oh, you're just you know politically this or politically that. I don't trust any motherfucking buddy. Well, that's the thing too. If this ever oh, got thanks, political, Dick. if this ever got political, and if I could be like, eh, no, I think we're gonna stay, you, we're going to shut down. I trust you least of all, Jerry. I'm lying late at night. Got your fucking fucking crazy light going. Yeah, but not to get not to get too, not to get into a political thing, but like we had a president that kind of crapped all over the NFL not too long ago. So if he's like reopen everything, if they if they got political back, they could be like, we're not reopening everything. Yeah, well, and no matter I what, I don't see it happening because there's too much of a strain on but, their their financial situation. But, but no matter what, no matter what, in a couple of weeks we could get a crazy Disneyland NBA thing. That's we could get a game. I mean, those things are going to be huge litmus tests for how this shit's going to work, right? Okay. I'll send you an article. There's an article from 1918 where it shows fans in the stands wearing masks. And Spanish, Spanish flu time. Right. Yes. How about that Philadelphia, that Philadelphia parade in 1918? I mean, this is kind of how the the reality is, is without a cure, this is how this is going to play out, man. We're going to have to play it out by there's going to be a lot of feel. There's not going to be a lot of facts because right. Right. our science is slow. Our science right. is slow. And, and, Even though we are advanced, we are not as far advanced as people think. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the misinformation that we deal with. Right. Well, and here's the thing is that, and this is what you don't want to get too cold and insensitive about, and I'm certainly not. None of us are epidemiologists or, you know, anything like that. But Speak for yourself. when you look when yes, <laughs> Dr. Diddy. He's had so, more viruses than any of us. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, he plays a lot of Dr. Mario. That's about the fucking extent of it. But <laughs> the, <laughs> that blue pills. Yeah. No, that that's the eighties. That's the eighties back in the day. If there's a there's somebody there's a virus, somebody needs to spread it. Pause. So this but this is how it works from a scientific standpoint. It's like the virus attacks a population. The population takes losses, and and hopefully they develop an immunity, immunity. before the virus mutates or the fucking virus wins. I mean, that's the, that's it's a war. Like, the the human population, whether people want to admit it, and you call my fucking – call me yeah, – you tell me I have a tinfoil hat on right now, whatever. Fuck you. The human population is at war right now with a virus. There are going to be casualties in this war. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different strategies. You know, you, you, can sit, you can sit back forever and wait and wait and wait to get into the fight, or you can go out and have a fucking battle of the bulge, and it's going to get ugly. I don't. I don't think that anybody knows the complete right way to go to Absolutely war. Not. Anybody who thinks, who sits there and says they do, is wrong. Now you could sit there from a from a um, Hippocratic oath perspective and say, well, this this methodology is going to limit casualties in the short term. We think, 
But it's nothing new. As, this what we're doing now is nothing new in our as no. far as like a human race. It's nothing new. We've you done can this fight it with cannabis ton, according to the New York Post. Fucking a, let's do it. Well, yes, but Jared, it is new. This type of virus is is new in the way that it acts and the way that it can 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 lay. I, I'm talking about our actions towards it, sure. not the virus itself. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the quarantining, the those things are not new. This is not a new tactic. Mm-hmm. Just came up with. No, this is stuff that we've done for years. Absolutely. This, this virus is a whore, and you can't treat a whore like a housewife. What? <laughs> fair. You mean like you can't let statement. it stay open? <laughs> 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 Ain't making no breakfast. Let's, let's, let's get back. Let's get back to the grander scheme. You're looking at. We're looking at Soldier Field behind you. Correct. Yep. That's Soldier Field. Here it is. You think about the Steelers. The Steelers have only released 50% of their tickets as of right now for their home games. Is that – I mean, how do you keep people from congregating? How do you keep people from giving a high five? How do you keep people from – High fives are over, bro. Yeah. I mean, high fives have actually been over for a while. We but just, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, how do you, how do you keep people from exhibiting emotions, from exhibiting emotions during a game where it's like, you know, and not congregating? You, it's just if you have the games go, that's a risk that you kind of take. Well, yeah, I mean, you could you could conceivably go like every other section, you know, whatever. I mean, there's ways you could do it that would that would limit things, but at the same time, like, just back to this other thing is that there is a part of this that the whole purpose or the whole uh, best way for the species to survive is actually to have as many people get infected with it as possible and develop the antibodies. That's going to be a lot faster than anything else. And unfortunately, that's the that's the way that the most people are going to not be with us anymore. Yeah, but I don't think that, I, that they're saying that if you get it once does not necessarily mean you're immune to it either. So that we don't know though. I mean, that's the thing is we don't know. I mean, the whole thing is, is that we don't know. Sweden is trying a herd immunity thing, and they're not, you know, they're having, yeah. they're having uh, mixed results. Is that Keep, hey, save the bikini team. That's all I care. I so anyway, who fucking knows? Me, myself, am I going to run out and go to a stadium? No, but I, it was a hard sell to get me to a stadium before that, <laughs> like, to be honest. Like, I need to be sure that I'm going to see something. Like, I just, oh, we were all planning on going to Tennessee. What I'm thinking, like, yeah. if, if, uh, if I'm not traveling this year we, and you're not either, maybe we just do something even bigger next year. Well, I think in next year there's going to be NFL games on the moon, so we're going to probably rock that out. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) we'll probably probably wrap it up before we get to it. I'll just, as far as like my last point on this whole thing is going to be that you should absolutely do, like I've said a couple of times, 
Do what, what you feel is safe for you. Uh, like do what you feel is safe for your family. Do what you feel is safe for your friends. Also, you had a fire with a bunch of people. Fuck it. Yeah, look, you see all sorts of people around me, right? Dickhead. Know the people you're with. Limit your exposure. Be smart. Don't be stupid. If you've got Purell, keep it on you. And a bite block. Clean your hands. No, I keep that bang on me. Yeah, it's like keeping that gut. <laughs> you don't want me to smoke that cat, bro. But yeah, man. I think there's going to be... There's going to be a lot of shit happening in the next couple of months that nobody's ready for. Yeah, man. I don't know. Just do right. Do right by you. Right, and that's the thing is that if... if, if you don't give a fuck. Okay, fine. You don't give a fuck. But ostensibly, the government is supposed to be there to give a fuck about us. Now, that's Lord knows that's barely true. But and I don't care what party you support. You know that those motherfuckers don't have our backs. But if they tell, if they tell you that you should do something to stay alive. And even if the only reason they want to keep you alive is because you're the cog in their big bloodthirsty profit machine, if that's the only reason, at least you're still alive, right? And they say to you, hey, put a fucking mask on because the the uh, widget producer next to you, we need him alive too. Uh, you, come on. You can't fucking do – you can't, can't do the man a solid – you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, that's fair. You worry that you're. And honestly, I think it's overblown because I go out, out in the suburbs. Obviously, it's not the. You know, people are, people are. People are. People are. I mean, people are holding it together. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing the right thing. And the fact of the matter is, that we're even here. Even here in the reddest of red states. It's at least the red portions, you know. Right. A lot of people are wearing masks and are being respectful. Well, and I think that all helps. It's never going to be a hundred percent. No, we're never going to get a hundred percent. That's why the government sometimes has to go so hardline because they know for a fact that that ten percent of people are just going to say fuck it no matter what, and then it becomes twenty, and then we get more desensitized. But the thing is, is that like any progress that we have made right now, the reason it's only 100,000 people is because there have been some measures fucking taken, right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, everybody's got a choice. You know, anybody can walk out there and start shooting, you know, uh, if they want, but there's got to be something inside that says, hey, I don't do that. And All right. If I'm, uh, if I'm wearing a mask, you know, ostensibly save somebody that I don't know, then that'd be cool. But <laughs> it's fucking free country. Hey, I've enjoyed the point of this discussion. <laughs> that was one good discussion. That's one to grow on. <laughs> we love you, Juan. And he ain't listening. 
Yeah. Yeah. That fucker has bars and restaurants open by the It's Wisconsin, so it's okay. Right. Right. Can, the, they can thin that herd a little. It'd be all good. No, I'm just fucking. Get your chasing decent shirts. Just saying. Chasing decent. All right. Well, that's it. We we probably went far a stream, but fuck it. I don't care. We, we, this is a tailgate. Might God get a little it. feedback this week. Damn it. Hey. We'll see. Apparently, uh, some people that vote, a lot of people don't even listen to Bears podcast. So if you're not listening right now, eat a dick. Uh, (laughs) 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 Everyone doesn't listen. Fuck you. Um, To all those that are listening, thank you very much for taking your time out to listen to our little show. Yes, our little dog and pony show. Who's the dog? And we know who the pony is. That dog. (laughs) But uh, yeah, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, At the end of the day. Okay, I got. Thanks to Cole. Cole was great. I enjoyed Cole a lot. Yeah, that was cool, man. Definitely not just saying that. I'd like to have Cole back on again. I thought he brought a good energy and some good technical knowledge, which I I'll be the first to admit I don't have enough of. So. that was I enjoyed that. Uh, so shout out to Cole, um, and it's a, shout out to everybody out there dealing with all this okay. shit. Do your best. I it's all we do Don't try to try to, <laughs> yeah. try to be decent to people. I mean, chasing decent's a shirt that would make a joke about, but like try to be decent to people out there. People, yeah. people it's just like you. I mean, like I got, I had gotten a little thing today at the grocery store. Cause this guy's giving the guy letting people in and out of the grocery store and cleaning the carts crap. Like, Oh, the store's empty. How come we can't just go in? And he's turning to my go. They got a system, man. Like, like, what do you got to argue? So like, I'm not arguing. I'm like, yes, you are. You're arguing. Like, just shut up. But, you know, just fucking do You have to follow those policies and procedures because you get lax on them. It's right. all about conditioning. It's about it's a consistent con- point. You know, like, shit. It's like, you ever been in a Trader Joe's when it's crowded? <laughs> like, give me a break. Like, that store's a nightmare. So, anyways, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We hope you listened all the way to the end. We hope you uh, still listen next week after this week. And uh, you don't think to yourself, what a bunch of jamokes. Why don't they talk more bears? <laughs> possible they try, may. Okay, I, let's, uh, before we shut it all the way down, oh, I understand Jesus we're trying Christ. to find a place. Trying to, oh, shut up, Brian. It's not like you're doing anything. It's 1 a.m. here, brother. Oh, it's 1 a.m. here too, you fuck. Yeah, I'm done, done with the it's PSA on COVID. I'm work tomorrow. Are you off tomorrow? No. I'm not sitting by a fire with 15 people either. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you see how many, yeah, I'm real, whatever. <laughs> you, got a, you got a FR mask on, bro? You're mad close to that fire. Mad close. Mad close. I'm way close, right? No, I'm just saying. Oh, make it close. What next? You're going to build a greenhouse, you fuck? Look at that fire. You're wicked close to that fire. <laughs> Wear your mask. We're trying to find a way to understand it for ourselves, too. So, 
don't we don't know. know. You don't know. You don't know. I and I sure as shit don't know. But we're trying to figure out a way. And if we're figuring it out, somebody in the NFL's figuring it out too. Hell yeah, they got a lot more in money investing in it than we do. I mean, I'm not in 30 grand, but I'm in probably 20 bucks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, who could ever be in 30 grand? Anyway, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate the Brawl Network. It's just another episode of Tailgate Show. The Bars. The Ronavision. The stadium tour is canceled. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs>